We are up to Mesech the Tainus, Daf Yud, Amid Aleph, the very top of the page. We learned. Eretz Yisrael Nivras Tchila. First Eretz Yisrael was created. And then the rest of the world was created afterwards. Because the main part of the world is Eretz Yisrael, and the rest came afterwards. Nema. Because it says the Pasuk, Ad Loi Osa Eretz. The chutzas, before he made the Eretz, which is Eretz Yisrael, and the chutzas, and then he made beyond Eretz Yisrael. So we say Yisrael was created first. Eretz Yisrael, mashka oisa kodesh baruch ba'atzmai. When it comes to this rain, Eretz Yisrael, the Abishim makes the rain itself. For the last couple of days, it was heavy rains. And the rest of the world is through an intermediary. It says in the Pasuk, Hanoisen matzah play Eretz. He places the rain, he gives rain on Eretz and then he sends the water off everywhere else, outside of Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael, Yisrael drinks the rainwater, the rest of the world gets from the, the remnants, the leftover. says, He places the same pasik, he places the rain on the round, and then the balance of the water goes everywhere else. First, everyone else afterwards, and it says, This is compared to a person. He's trying to create cheese. He takes the cream, the cheese part, and leaves behind the way. And that's what the rest of the world has. So the quality of the rain in Israel is superior to the quality of the rain in the rest of the world. <coughs> We learned before that the water goes up to, to the water, the salty water goes up to heaven, and there it gets sweetened. The market Haman oven, that's what? And what happens when it goes up to the heaven? The water comes back down, but this time it, it's, it's, it's drinking water. You can also use it for vegetation and so on and so forth. Says the Gemara Menole, how do you know? Before we had a Maim, and here another Maim, which means the water which is dark, are come from the, the thick clouds. So um, we see that the rain comes from the clouds. See, there's another positive which says that the water that Shemayim is like a sieve and the water comes right through. So what we do is, if you have two psukim which are very similar, one's Chashchas and one's Chashras. Shokul you take the chaf <coughs> and the shodi areish, you put it on the word where there's areish, the kodi base, so we can read it, chach shoras. And the ches and the hay are interchangeable, so as if it says, chach shoras, the preparation of water is avesh chaki through thick clouds. So Yeshua, who says that the water chachila comes from heaven, not water from the sun, the vapor of the oceans. My daughter, but what does he do with these sukkim here? So he holds Kahod, he also have Dimit, Oma. He said, Amri Marov, that's all they say. No, Hoyt Anani Zidma. If you see white clouds, you know, bright clouds, you know, there's very little rain coming. Choshukhanani, if the clouds are dark, Sagimai is Choshkasmai, if it's dark, then you'll have plenty of rain. Kaman Oza, so which opinion is it? The following Bryce, the whole time you were looking at Bryce. That Mayim is, is uh, um, they all gather together and they're suspended by the words of the and eventually what is its fruits it produces is rainwater. So it seems clear from here that it's sitting in Shemaim. The water sitting above 
right? It's suspended in Shemaim and is waiting for instructions. Shemaim says, from the fruits of your deeds, the world will be satisfied. In other words, that's your aim. So we're calling it pay to say. Come on, it seems to follow Rabbi Shua that the water is stored in Shemaim. Let's talk about generally not water, talking about the Abish's creations. <coughs> um, the regular, generally the Abish's activities, not talking specifically about water. Uh, um, the rest of the world, they get the leftovers of the water of Ganadin, and that's where our rain comes from. Remember, it says, the river that goes out of Aden, and then um, and it, fill, and it, it waters the garden, and from there it spreads to the four rivers, and so on. So we see all the rains come from there. Tona mitamtsis beiskur taraka. When the leftovers of a base core, which is equivalent of 30 saw, is um, you have enough water to uh, water three carbon, which is a 60th of a base core. <clears throat> so in other words, this world is a 60th the size of Ganadin. Remember, we're getting the remnants of the waters that are that are being uh, watered in Ganadin. So we are the equivalent of a 60th of the Gan of Ganadin. We'll see in a minute. And that's what he's saying over here, that the remnants of water can, can water a 60th of the original thing that it's watering. So I'm going to have a parsa, parsa, is time with 400 parsa by 400 parsa. In fact, it's the same thing regarding Ezzel. Abiyakim uh, Enn claims, he generally writes a lot of um, history and geography in his structure of the Gemara. He says that the Gemara's parsa, when the Gemara says these kind of things, is half of what a parsa is. So when it says 400 parsa by 400 parsa, it actually means 200 parsa by 200 parsa. And and, and actually explains in a minute how that makes sense. About uh, something else. Uh, so Mitzrayim is a 60 the size of Kush, which is Ethiopia. And Kush is Echen Meshishim Ba'ilam, and that's a sixth, or Kush could be the whole Africa, is a sixty the size of the globe of Ba'ilam, Echen Meshishim Began, and the world is a sixtieth of the garden. Began is Echen Meshishim Le'Eden, the sixtieth of the Eden, is a garden in the Eden, Echen Meshishim Gehenim, and Eden is the sixtieth of Gehenim. Nimtza Kola, Ba'ilam Kola, Kikisik Dele Gehenim, if you add up the entire world, the aggregate, we're still not equal to the size of Gehenim, in fact, just to live to the Gehenim. So Gehenim is, is massive. Yeshayim and Gehenim, English here. Gehenim actually doesn't even have a limit. There's no def no defined borders. Yeshayim and Aiden, English here. Uh, the Aiden has no share. In the Amar Abayishia, my dechsev it says in Pasuk, Shechenes Amayim Rabbi, rest of plenty of water. Rabbas Oitzoris has many treasures. Um, so what is it referring to? Me talk about over there um, bubble. Me gone the bubble, she excess bar. Who caused that bubble should have their warehouse full of tour, full of grains? I mean, because it sits on, on a lot on a lot of water. Um, because as we learned before, bubble is a very low point. So it collects all the water from all the countries, water runs down there, and therefore they have a very good, they're very fertile. Um Bovel is rich. The Chatzar will admit to they can harvest their crops. They don't even need rain because they have such an abundant supply of water, irrigated water. 
what we say about bubble is that it's very moist. The soil is very moist and it's not dry at all. Because it's so low, the low valleys, it collects water from everywhere. Okay, Mishnah. The Gimel, the Macheshvik, we learned before about Maskini when you start mentioning St. Tom, uh, we said we had big Machlekes, five opinions. We concluded that Shmini had said as we begin. But when do we start saying the St. Tom, Motlerocha? So we say as follows The Gimel, the Macheshvik, going to the Tanakamba, which is a May, the third day of Cheshvik, you begin asking for rain. Rabbi Gamlil, says, on the seventh day of Cheshvik, he asked for rain. We give it a pause of 15 days after Shemina Tzedes before we begin asking for rain. And why is that? The last of the Eden should be able to get back to the Ha'pras. Now the question is, if a Yisrael is 400 parsa by 400 parsa, and we know that a person can walk 10 parsa a day, it'll take It'll take uh, 40 days to get to the furthest point. And even if you argue Shalim is right in the, in the epicenter, which it isn't, it would take 20 days. So how come they only allow 15? So Rabbi Yaakov Emden, once said the Shalim, asked the question of the Shalim, say, you know, majority of people live within within the 15 day, and the rest should travel by day and by night so they can get home in time. Rabbi Yaakov Emden wants to say that 400 parsa by 40 parsa actually means 20 par- 200 parsa by 200 parsa. And if Shalim is not actually the middle, it's a bit further south, but um, so if it's 200 parsas, you, you can travel 150 parsas 15 days, and Yishalayim definitely is at a point that from there to any corner, it's all you can get to within 15 days. Says the says, you start asking for rain in the 15th day of the 15th day of Chesh. says, but that's only at Yisrael. But an exile, which is referring to Babel, Add Shishimit Kufa, 60 days of the news of the area when the winter season begins. Um, now, just to quickly understand. So, we're going to, there's a big for plums for showing him how it works. Actually, let's go a little bit further and I'll explain. So, Gemara says, Omar you don't start asking Zion Cheshun, you ask 60 days after the new Kufa, after the new season. They want any, it's not so about boy, my name is more the ash more, my aim is mad clean. When you start saying the same talent about it, only said, Michi, I let see you, Lebe Tavais Rishba. When the Tavais, the person who traps birds, brings in the wood because before the rain season, he brings wood in the house, that's when we begin asking because that's when we need the rain. Or said, What's the Kasha? Maybe that's that time when he brings the wood in is the same time when 60 days after the new Kufa, after the season. Day number 60, is that considered as prior to 60? So in other words, we don't ask for rain yet. But day number 60, it already starts to, we have to start asking for rain. Rav says, Rav says that 60 days is like after 60 days. In other words, we have to start asking. And Shmuel says, Shmuel says that 60 days is like before 60, you don't have to ask. We want to remember, the mountains need water more than the valleys because the mountain, the water runs right down. Rav, so the simple shot here is that Rav came from Eretz Yisrael, as we find in Gitna Vol, Mechi Osarav, 
the Rav came in the bubble, Rav came from the Sroll, so the Sroll is higher up, and Sroll is going to Cholarotis. So therefore, over there, they need rain earlier, so there's 60 a day. And Tatoi loy boy mai, but Shmuel from Babel, they don't need water to wait one more day. But Rashi then wants to say that no, the fact that Rav came from the Sroll, it seems to Rashi, everybody's puzzled, but this is what Rashi seems to say. Um, um, because he came from Yisrael, his perspective on things were different than Shmuel who came from Bubble. And because of Yisrael, they needed rain earlier. Therefore, even though he lived in Bubble, that's how he saw it. He needed rain earlier. Shmuel, who never was Yisrael, who was always a Bubble, thought that no, that we need, um, we need the, what do you call it? We don't need the, the rains that quickly. So Noah's their, their background influenced the way they pass in Halach as well. Unfortunately, I have a hard time understanding that, but that's what it seems for Nashi. Um, Rabbi Yaakov Emden wants to say again that Rav was does not do with that. Rav was in Surah and Shmuel was in the Pumpadissa so, and Herdoi. He says Surah was mountains and Pumpadissa and Herdoi were low lying land. So if that's what he means. Rav was in a part of bubble that was high up, therefore <clears throat> they needed the rain sooner. Shmuel was in Herdoi, then Pumpadissa, which is much which is low lying ground. And therefore, he didn't need the rain that much. That's how he lives. And I'm going to pop a shishim, the 60 days, like after 60, we have to start asking the 60th day. Today, we ask, we start on December 5. Now, we know that, okay, Australia, how Australia decides the seasons, I have no idea. First of, of September, the first of December, what is it exactly about the first of September? Absolutely no clue. In the rest of the world, it's the 21st of the month. And, um, um, and, and what happened here is as follows. So if it's the 21st of the month, when the, let's say the new season begins, and we're talking about the Northern Hemisphere now, when autumn begins the 21st of the month, then if you go 60 days later, it should be November 21st, not December 5th or November 22nd. So the chart is as follows. So you have the Julius calendar and you have the Gregorian calendar. So Julius Caesar made a calendar and they worked on that the, that the year is 365 days and a quarter, 365 and a quarter days. And that's why every four years there's a leap year. Uh, and, and that's how it worked. However, um, and, and a little bit, however, uh, came along Gregorian in, in the 1500s and he said, no, Gregory came along and said, that's not true at all, because in fact, it's a little bit less than a quarter day. So what he did was, and therefore the, the season being pushed out by 10 days. The first thing he did was on October 5th, he took off 10 days, he jumped October 15th. Took 10 days off the calendar, came October 15th. But the, the Eden continued with the old calendar. We continue with the old solar calendar. So therefore, um, October, uh, what do you call it? October 5th, um, came October 15th, 10 days later. Then, then, then another thing that he changed was that a leap year will only be every 400 years. Every 400 years, February is 29 days. Not every 100 years the way it was before. So every time, so we lost, um, because we still follow the old calendar, we lost three day, three more days from the 1500, actually four more days. So we lost four more days and that's why we went, but we only counted one day. The year 2000, because it's 400 years and so both both the uh, calendars agree to have olympia february should be 29 days but otherwise they argue about um the other years that are 100 100 year mark so three more days you take that so you take from november 
November 21st, which is supposed to be, let's say, the season became December, um, became December 2nd, and then you have to add those three days that we continue the old calendar, which was taken out, so it becomes December 5th. And that's why we start December 5th. In 2021, it'll become December 6th, and so on and so forth. Now, the, the big machlek is showing him is, so what happens now? In Echisro, because before the Gemara said, if you remember, that in Echisro, in the times of the base of Migdash, they waited till December, till the 7th of Cheshwin, but otherwise they should start right after Sukkot. So what about today? So you have big machlek to train. Those who train say that right after Shemir said it, they should start saying, say Talmud, Roch, and Echisro. And, and the others say, because we had another answer to the Gemara there, that if you have fruits in the desert, so you want to be able to go out there and come right back, Peter's bedabra, so we get, that's another reason why you wait till the seventh. So therefore, they want to say that Netzerol maybe you should wait till the seventh, which is what we do. But Bavel, you wait uh, sixty days afterwards. What about other places around the world? Do they follow Netzerol? Do they follow Bavel? Which is interesting in halacha. Even though the big machlek is a shining whether the rest of the world should do it according to when their needs are, or should they just follow blindly Netzerol, follow blindly Goyle Bavel? What's is which is what we do, we follow blindly, we follow bubble, and so it's interesting. We have a choice of following it to throw a bubble, we all follow bubble rather than it to throw. Then the Shining say, But if your place needs rain different times, should you start saying, We say, Tell them about the rock, even though in Allah we, we still are fixed and we follow everybody else. But if you did say, We say, Tell them about the rock at a time when the rest of the world didn't, you don't have to repeat your Vanessa because in your local area, if, if that's if you talk and need a rain, then. It's not uh, a problem. Okay, next Mishnah. What happened to Giyazai Cheshvan, the Yodik Shaman? It came now the seventh day of Cheshvan, and it didn't rain. The seventeenth day of Cheshvan, it didn't rain. Now, this is period, remember if you learned before, according to Rameir, the third, the tenth, and the seventeenth. Remember, you had three different rain seasons. For third, is the first rain, then you had the second rain, you had the Shina, the Shnia, and then you had the Shlisha, the seventeenth. And the third one is when we start fasting. If it still has rain, that's when we start fasting. So what happened is, Igiya Yudzayin Machesh, when it came the seventeenth day, well, Yodik Shabbat, it didn't rain. So then, his Chimu Hayechidim Esad, only the individuals, which we'll see the Gemara, Tamid Chamim, they're the only ones that fast, and they only fast by day. Gimot Tainis, three fast days, Monday, Thursday, Monday. Oichlin, they can eat at night, sound like Tisha they can eat the previous night. Umutarin, Malachid, a lot of work. Everything which is forbidden on Tisha B'Av does not apply then. What happens a week goes by. And uh, this is like the, according to Rabbi Yaisi, that's the third rain. And it didn't rain. Now it gets a bit more serious. It's the same laws of the three times, but now it's not just a voluntary basis for the Yechidim. Everyone has to fast. But again, all those things which are forbidden, like wearing shoes and all that, on Tisha doesn't apply. When you say man, Yechidim should, should fast if it comes to the 17th day of Cheshman. Man Yechidim, who are these individuals? These individuals are the Rabbana. rabbis. One of the fast, Monday, Thursday, Monday. My Kamashman, what do you try to tell us that the fast day should begin on a Monday? And go never start fasting on a Thursday. Generally, we translate is to uh, we don't want to increase the prices. 
because people will say normally Thursday you buy just for Shabbos, now you're buying an extra heavy meal for Thursday night. So they think this so they think that there's some kind of a something happening in the world and there's a, there's a shortage. So therefore they increase the prices. Um, but Rashi actually says here, very interesting, which is what's happening now in Australia, probably in the whole world. It says, Rashi says, what they do is, you know, you can buy today, let's say potato chips in America, hasn't really gone up in price in 40 years. But what did change is the size is getting smaller and smaller. It used to be you know, 200 grams, 150, 100 now it's 25 grams, maybe even less now. 25 grams, all the same price. But that's an increase in price, but you don't realize it because it's still paying the same amount of money. The Rashi says, Havkir Shara means you're changing the measure and you're reducing the measure, keeping the price the same, which is interesting. And Rabbi Negation says, practically speaking, what happened was that the people came in from the country every Monday and every Thursday into town to sell goods. They come, they went around. So on Tuesday, you decided, you know what? Thursday, we're going to start fasting. They come in on Thursday. They have no idea about the fasting because they went around. And suddenly people are buying double what they normally buy. What do they think? And the people know something that they don't know. There might be a, a shortage coming or something. So they're naturally going to increase the prices. They only brought enough food for Shabbos. They, and, and the normal uh, and everything else, normal amount. <coughs> they didn't know that Thursday night they needed an excessive amount of food because they're starving. So therefore, it'll cause inflation. But if you make it, if you start to fast on Monday, so when they come Monday into town, they'll find out, oh, there's a fast going on. So Thursday, they'll bring ample supplies of food. So that's why we never start on a Thursday. So the mother, so what do I need to tell me? What's I'm going to come and tell you? So the mother, no, I would have thought, I would have thought, honey, let's see, but only if you tell everybody to fast, it's a, you know, or suddenly it creates a shortage. I will yuck it. A few individuals fast. What's the big deal? Loy, maybe it doesn't make a difference if you start on Monday or on Thursday. The rule is uniform. It's always the same. But in those times, it was days that you shouldn't fast, then you don't fast. It doesn't override that. Adam, a person should not go around saying, Talmid Ani, I'm just a student, I'm not so chosher, why should I fast? I'm not from the Yechidim. Uh, shouldn't say that. Every time the Chachim is called an individual. And therefore, they all have to fast. That's what said the Talmud. What is the definition of a Yechid? Who is considered a Yechid? And who is considered a genuine Talmud? How do we distinguish between the two? And, uh, and how do we distinguish the two? So we say here, <coughs> anyone who is, uh, what's a yachid? Yachid is somebody who is suitable to become a leader of the community. And he has to be a Talmud Chacham. And who is a Talmud? If you ask him a question, he can answer. Now, big machlek to show you what it means. Masechte kala is a kula. It's a small masechte, and he's saying that even if you just know masechte kala, it's good enough. Faces here and Shabbos Kudal wants to say no. That means you know the whole shas, even you know masechte kala. So a parnas has to be even grand. And what's a parnas that you're even higher than that? That um, I guess you know everything else much more. Than the Ran says an interesting thing. 
each day or a vote, and they see now the land says it. There used to be a word that how, how the, uh, the generations evolved. Are you day safer? Years ago, are you day safer meant somebody who knows the whole shas. He's a day safer. He knows the safer. He knows the books. Later on, became doesn't know the whole shas, but he knows big sections. Then it became he doesn't know even big sections, but he has a general idea what's going on. And today they say a day safer is he knows that a shas exists. The Ran says over here, amazing. He said the difference between a yachid and a talmud is that a yachid knows. All the learning and a Talmud is someone who knows that a Masechte Kala exists. That's all he has to know. If he knows there's a Masechte Kala, because most people don't know if there's such a Masechte called Masechte Kala, starts off Kala, and um, and Masechte Kala is in the back of the Zara, all these tiny little Masechtes. Anyway, Torah what we learned. Talmud Oyser. There's two ways of learning Pshat in this Brayse. Rashi himself is two Pshatim. One is that he's saying not everyone who wants to be a Yachid can claim to be a Yachid. But if you want to be a Talmud, you can. That's one way. The other way is, no, not anyone who wants to be a Yachid or a Talmud can, be, can assume that position. Rabbi says, Oyser, when it comes to the fasting, you want to consider yourself a, a yachid with pleasure. Why? What we're saying here is, don't claim to be a Talmud Chacham, whatever it is, a yachid, and claim all the, the benefits of a Talmud Chacham, that you have no right to. But if you want to claim to be a Talmud Chacham and then fast because there's a drought, there's pleasure. Shemalaza says, not everyone who wants to be a yachid be a yachid or a Talmud can be a Talmud. Well, the same two versions we said before. says, when it comes to benefit you, pain, oh, you say you can do it with He's not walking around and being proud. In fact, it's causing him discomfort and pain. He has to fast. So based on this, the Roshani want to say, it sounds like you, um, he's arguing on both Talmud and Yachid that if you want to, you could. That and the Shemalaza uh, said that he can't. Talmud, we learned. Me You were fasting because there was a terrible thing happened. But Avra, and but suddenly in the middle of your fast, the tzara disappeared. For Allah on a sick person, when it was cured. You need to complete your fast, even though the cause of your fast is gone. You need to complete your fast. Big is a shining when we say need to complete with according to the Ran and others, it means. And you have to, if you took upon yourself a series of three fasts, and after the first fast, the middle of the first fast, everything was run away, disappeared, you still have to continue fasting the other two fasts as well. Others say it means only that particular day you have to finish, you don't have to keep the rest of your promise. It's like contingent. You made it conditional. If I still have the tzara, I'll continue fasting. Or the Shem asking a question, how can we learn later on? But if it's, let's say you're asking for rain, and suddenly in the middle of the fast day, it started to rain. If it's before noon, whatever it is, you, you can break the fast. What's the difference? And they want to say, interesting, when it comes to rain, for this particular event, you don't need any more rain. So there's no point in fasting. When it comes to somebody who's sick, it can become sick right away again. Or any other tzara, tzara can happen right now again. So therefore, you have to continue fasting. Don't take it for granted. Let's say you go for a place that nobody fasts, you move to a city where they fast. You have to behave like them. You don't want to stand out. What about over a place that you know everybody's fasting? He took it upon himself to fast. You have to fast and continue. According to some of the training we're talking about, 
according to Moshe, you plan to go back to your original city. So you have to continue with all the chumras of the original city. Teresa learns, even if you have no plans to go back to your original city, because you took it upon yourself, um, the fast, you have to keep your word. You forgot that was a fast that you ate and drank. Al Yisro, if don't appear before the, the public, um, as if, if and everyone's starving and you're not, so people will start to accusing you and alleging all kinds of things about you. Nor should you go ahead to say, look, I broke my fast anyway, I can continue eating and enjoying myself. How do we know that it's important how, what other people think? Yaakov said to his children, why should you appear as if we are full? What do you, what do you mean? Don't make it appear as if you are full. Not before Esav. And not before Yishmol. Um, shouldn't be jealous. On the other hand, Tesha brings the medicine back at Ops. Lama Tisro is, why should you appear thin and emaciated? Go out there and, <coughs> and show them that we're strong. Exactly the opposite. Al Tigazu Bederech, talking about Yaakov, so Yaakov gave them instructions. Al Tigazu Bederech. What do you mean, Al Tigazu Bederech? Omer Abelos, Abelos said, Omer Abelos, Yesus said to his brothers, Yesus told his brothers, Al Tisasku Bedvarelach, don't get too involved. This is what Rashi brings them. In halacha, Shem Tigazu Lech Maderech. Maybe you get lost, maybe you get also excited about the halachas, that you will, um, that you won't go make a beeline straight home. I don't get involved too much in Allah. It's not so Two rabbis. They're traveling. They ain't been named. They're not discussing. They deserve to be burnt. It says, Elio and Elisha were traveling. It says, Elio and Elisha were going. And <coughs> anyhow, they were going. They were talking. Chariot of fire and horse of fire. Separate between the two of them. And then Elio went up to Shemai. Time, the only reason why Elisha didn't get burnt by this fire is the Kadibur, because they were talking in Dibur Taylor. Halla Kadibur, they wouldn't have been talking in Dibur Taylor. Ruin the they should they should deserve to die. So we see on the contrary, he's supposed to talk Dibur Taylor when you're traveling. Like Kasha. Holy Migris, talk, you know, superficially. Of course, you should talk Dibur Taylor. But holy, you know, something that you have to really work and, and focus so on and so forth, you'll get lost. We don't want you to do that while you're traveling. What's very interesting, Tasis brings it, continues to bring the Medrash and say exactly the opposite. Al Tigzobadarach brings a Medrash, not that you shouldn't talk to Ritaida, you shouldn't talk halacha. Tasis brings Al Tafsikud halacha, don't stop talking halacha, must continue talking halacha, because Taylor is going to protect you. And then the next is even a bigger pillar. Tasis, when it talks about Leo and Alicia, that the only reason why they were saved is because they were talking to Ritaida. Tasis brings the name of Taylor, brings Vesh Medrash. Shaheim Hoyu Medabrim Dvarim Betalin. Imagine Elio and Elisha were talking Dvarim Betalin, Umushim Hachi Ruin Lasarath. What does that mean? Astonishing. Anyway, but these Mizrashim are exactly after Agamara, apart from that. But Elisha and we were talking with Dvarim Betalin. So the Gemara, we learned the Chaim Mishim talking Dvarim Betalin. Anyway, says Gemara further. Um, but we learned don't take giant steps. We had that in more brachas, as we'll see in a minute. Bring the sun with you into town. In other words, come into town when it's really light so you don't fall into puddles, you don't get attacked by robbers, and um, and uh, so on. 
and, and, and for Yosef and his brothers, so they're saying that he shouldn't be accused of being a spy. They don't take a lot of giant steps. That might be learned. See, a gasa, giant steps, they tell us, robs you of echad, mechamish, meiz, memoid, ain't one of five hundredths of your eyesight. And that's what we said that you make Kiddush, uh, on Friday night, and you look at the candles and natives 250, twice natives 500, you can restore your eyesight. Taser already asked, according to this, you take 500 steps, you lose your eyesight completely. So the answer is no. The first step, you lose 500, the next step is the 500 of that, and the next step of 500 of that, and so on and so forth. But, but then this is, I don't understand. So it doesn't make sense. Why should the first step lose so much more eyesight than the second, and the second more than the third? The third you, first, you lose a 500, of, of, uh, which you know, of, of 500, one out of 500. The second one, you lose one out of 499, and the third, you lose whatever is left. So you keep, and the numbers get less and less. 500 to 499, and 500 to 498. So Tezik gives two answers. The first answer is interesting. Don't say Rochus, that it's only the first step that you lose your eyesight. The rest of the steps, you don't lose any eyesight. So it means the maximum you lose by taking giant steps is a 500th of your eyesight. That's number one. The second answer of Tezik is that, yes, kolas cholas kashis, that always the first step is always the most difficult step. Now, we're actually the source of this Maimah Chazal, kolas cholas kashis, is not in Gemara anywhere. Tesis here on the Medrash, the Kol Haschol's Kashim, which is a very famous saying. Tesis right here. Then the Gemara continues. Vichnisa Chamali should come into town when it's light. You should leave town when it's light. And enter town when it's still light. You know what it says? Only when the dawn, when the, the, the sun began to rise, became light. Did the people leave town? If somebody's traveling, don't eat too generously because you have to ration yourself. My time, why? Two possible reasons. They say because since you're traveling, it's not good for your gut, it's not good for your intestines to eat too much when you're traveling. The Marav, I mean, in Israel, they say you might run out of food, so you have to be smart and ration your food. My benai, what's the difference? In the case where you only have one problem, not the other. For example, Ikebenayu, the Yosebari sitting on a boat. So there, there's no, you're not really traveling. But there's still a problem that you might have a shortage of food. So you need to ration because of shortages of food, not because of problems with your gut. Inami or, you go from one hotel to another hotel. There's no problem with food. You can stay in over in hotels. But since you're still traveling, it's not healthy to eat too much. Now, Papa himself, Called parsa, parsa, ochil chadarifa. He had a healthy appetite. We need an entire loaf of bread every four kilometers. Kasava, why that? He didn't worry about rationing. He believed that the reason is Shemayana because of your gut, because of your intestines. But we're learning more about we're learning more about Messiah that he was a very, very heavy person. Him and Hunabi Shu were very heavy people. And therefore, he was con- convinced that his gut won't be affected at all by how much he eats. I'm going to be talking about hunger. I'm going to it up. Kalamani if you go out, even though you can afford it, to eat. But if you see everybody else is suffering, you decide to suffer with them and eat less in a time of famine, you will be protected that you won't die prematurely. And uh, as Rashi says, the Malacham mothers normally dies of old age. And this way, you won't die from uh, uh, other alternative ways, forms of death. Um, it says in the Posig, the Rav, through hunger, you'll be redeemed from death. How can hunger... With hunger, with hunger, made of the place, just from hunger. The reward for um, for um, not eating too much. 
in time of famine, Nitzel and Misa Mishun, you'll be saved from a Misa Mishun, from an unnatural death. We'll stop here.